Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Fix Work. I'm Lori Rudiman. On today's episode, I speak with Sean Madden. He is the founder and CEO of a business called FunCorp. That's right. You heard me, FunCorp. Now, I am suspicious of any corporation that hires anybody to come in and try to make me have fun. I will have fun in my own way and on my own time. Thank you very much. But as you'll hear in the conversation with Sean, it's not really about corporate forced fun. He comes into companies and he does do team building, but he has a passion and a purpose and a focus on helping people form friendships. And he brought his evidence to this conversation. Friendships make work better. And we fix work by connecting with one another on a human to human level. So sit tight, everybody. We'll be right back with Sean Madden and Let's Fix Work. Work is broken. So is the way you think about it. Host Lori Rudiman is breaking things down so you can put them back together and make work something you can enjoy. Let's fix work together. With the Let's Fix Work podcast, here's Lori. Hey, everybody, it's Lori Rudiman, and I'm here today with a new friend of Let's Fix Work. I'll introduce him, but he's probably got a better introduction than I do. How you doing, Mr. Sean Madden? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, you and I met through a wonderful PR outreach. Like, it was really great. You've got a great team. But when you and I talked, we talked about who you are and what you're made of, and you're made of fun, and I am not. So right off the bat, <laughs> kind of a Debbie Downer, right? Like people know this about me. So right off the bat, let's make sure we're at least in sync on one thing. This show is premised on the fact that work is broken. Do you agree that work is broken? And if you do, why? And if not, why not? I definitely agree. Uh, it Work is broken because there's a stigma of having fun and friends in the workplace. They're dirty F words. And it, there's a number of reasons why, but if we can do one thing, it's maybe to put out the idea that the science on the benefits of having friends in the workplace is settled. There's no argument about it. The only issue is, do you feel comfortable in making that leap and actually bringing it into your company? So work is broken because people don't want to make that small, tiny you know, step to say, you know what, there isn't really need to be this big giant difference between work and fun or work and friends. Even think about, you know, social media. Social media, I've got Facebook and Facebook is for my friends and I've got LinkedIn and LinkedIn is for my coworkers. Yeah, that that's just arbitrary yeah. nonsense there, yeah. So wait, let me ask you something before we go any further. Is, sure. it se- is it settled law that fun is science? Like, is it settled law that it's a good idea to have fun at work? It is, it is settled law in, in many different ways. I mean, a f- famous Northwestern study, you've got two groups of people doing logic puzzles. One group watches 10 minutes of Robin Williams before they do it. They solve 20% more logic puzzles. And you'll see it again and again and again. So it's just one of these ideas, you know, people know that, I don't know, let's say smoking is bad for you, but some people do it anyway. But if you do it and, you know, you know what's going to happen. The science says, that if you have friends in the workplace, all these other things that, you know, maybe you even know better than most in terms of engagement, productivity, retention, all these things that HR people and companies are battling and pushing that rock up the hill every day, 
a lot of those things will start to melt away if you look at friendships. And friendships can be that one dial that you turn that actually turns all the other problems you're dealing with. But there's just this stigma. And, you know, maybe, maybe you got burnt before. Maybe the boss, you know, he, he had a friendship and it, it didn't work out and they had to fire the person. And it's, you know, and everyone has at least one of those stories, right? But is that yeah. story a story of I touched the hot stove? And so I'm never going to touch the stove again. Or is that story I fell off my bike? Because you fall off your bike, you don't say, I'm never going to ride a bike ever again. But a lot of CEOs and a lot of businesses, they fall off the bike and it feels like they touch that stove. And they say, friendships, ah, we tried it once. We, we tried this, this friend building stuff. We're never doing it again because you know, it's just <laughs> work and it doesn't belong at work. And, you know, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll throw out a ping pong table. We'll throw out a foosball table. And look, the, the fun is, is done. We did our part. So that's what we work on with companies, you know, every day. So tell me a little bit more about that because, because you're right. I think there are many of us who have tried to be friends with people at work and it didn't work out. Right. And, um, or we thought we were friends with somebody and then horizontal envy and competition comes in, in the workforce and then they stab us in the back. And then there is the reality TV culture that we live in where I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money, right? I'm here to do other things. Friendship may be a byproduct, but it's not the point of work. And your work, your life's mission right now is to destigmatize all of that. You're really uh, trying to get people to have more friends and more fun at work. So tell me how you're fixing work. What problems are you solving? I think the the biggest impact we can have, you know, we talk a lot about hitting the moon. This is a, a big idea, you know, when, when they, when they tried to, you know, when JFK got up and said, you know, Hey, we're going to put a man on the moon in 10 years. They didn't say, they didn't worry about let's land somebody in the moon. They said, Hey, the first three years, they just shot rockets into the moon. And they said, then we'll, once we hit the, once we hit the moon with the rocket, you know, we'll worry about, you know, the food and the water and keeping those astronauts alive, you know, in year seven or eight of our 10 year master plan. It's going to take a lot of time. There's, there's a big stigma with, with fun and friends in the work. And some companies are better than others, but the stigma still exists. And so we're trying to hit the moon with the company party. We feel like that's the one spot. Every company feels there's almost this obligation. Well, we got to check off the box for the, the summer barbecue and the, the company Christmas party. And they kind of get stuck. We got an email uh, yesterday from a, from a law firm in, in Portland. You know, we, people, we, we throw a party and every year and people stay stuck in the same silos. And, and, and they, they, in some cases, they lack a little bit of confidence. Yeah, the, I think the, so. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. comes from, you know, A, I don't want to push people too hard. I'm, I'm worried if they're going to even show up to the company party in the first place. So we're not going to have any organized activities or, or force them to do something. We're just going to say, show up if you want to. Um, but secondly, they, they keep kind of falling back on, much like they fall back on the VR machine or the ping pong table, the foosball table, they kind of fall back on, you know, dare I say, booze. They fall back on alcohol. You know, our, our, our way to build social connections in our office is to have an open bar or even have an open bar at the fancy club and, and not think about the simplest way to do it. They get so caught up in the perfect location and the perfect open bar. And, you know, the science kind of says that just having drinks and, you know, talking to somebody face to face, especially with some of these high tech companies, you know, that's, that's where we love to try and shine, not just the company party, but, you know, bring me, bring me your shy people, bring me your, your introverts, bring me your nerds. You know, that's, that's the challenge. That's where we love it. You know, bring me your introverted CEOs. I'm an introverted CEO. And that, you know, it, that's very Statue of Liberty of you. I like yes. that a lot, you know, <laughs> bring them on to Ellis yeah. Island. That is your company party. Bring, well, listen, 
Listen, yeah. I, I love the analogy because you're right. I mean, anybody can throw a holiday party or a summer barbecue or a quarterly, you know, get together, but most of them suck. And before we go yes. any further, I'd like to maybe talk a little bit about why they suck because I think you and I have some insight from mm -hmm. an HR perspective. When I worked in human resources, I was worried that somebody was going to do something stupid that would get the company sued. But of course, we served alcohol. You're absolutely right. So we made it less fun by giving you two drink tickets. That's mm -hmm. it. And so it was a work event. We let people know you didn't necessarily have to go because we're, we're not going to pay you to be there, right? But if you do come, you're kind of obligated to go from like a social perspective. But if you come, you can't have too much fun. You can only have two drinks. So, I mean, already this sounds awful. Why would anybody go to this thing? In fact, I never drank and had fun at a holiday party until a couple of years ago when I went to my husband's holiday party. And yeah. I told him all night long, I better not not have a drink in my hand. I want to know what this feels like. I want to get hammered at this party. And I did. I got incredibly hammered. I invited myself to some other holiday parties and I came home and fell a couple steps on our basement stairs. It was awful. It was just miserable. It was just ridiculous. So holiday parties for me suck as both an attendee and an HR person. Do you have any opinion as to why they stink? <laughs> they, they, they stink because companies don't have the, the either the confidence or the wherewithal to say, we need to do something more than just the two drink tickets. And that's where it starts. And it's, and again, if look, if you throw a company, a holiday party, like there's some companies that don't throw parties at all. So, you know, don't, don't, don't feel True. bad about that. Yeah, right. But, it, but it's just on this mission, it's just a missed opportunity. It's, it's not, it's never what you do. It's who you do it with. And the, the, the suckier, the what gets, the more important the who gets. And so the more your, your job is tougher or, or, or you know, you, you've got a split shift, like one of your previous guests talks about, and you got a high volume turnover, the more the who is important. And so if the who is that important, the boss always cares about the why. The boss, here's, here's why we're doing this. Here's our mission. Here's our core values. But the employees, I think, in my opinion, care about the who. And if you've got that party, even if it's just once or twice a year, and, you're, and you're, your best foot forward is two drink tickets or an ice sculpture or a DJ or the cool club down the street. By the way, if you're actually serious about social connections and friend building, when you get to that club, you can't have a conversation with somebody anyway. The music is too loud and it's too noisy. That's so, every networking event, by the way. It's always right. too loud to talk to somebody. So yeah. what, are you do, what are you doing to change that? I mean, you're swooping in into companies. You're trying to really, I'm going to use a word I hate, disrupt, right? You're trying to disrupt the <laughs> party scene, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you are. So you're trying to make parties better, but you're trying to forge meaningful connections, right? So how do you do that? Because I think my premise is no matter what it is, it still work and it's still going to suck. But I know you disagree with me. Totally. Totally. Because they just, it's not, they just haven't seen a different way. And the different way is letting us, you know, come in and we, what we love to do is love to throw, you know, workplace Olympiads. We, we actually do karaoke Olympiads for, uh, for Christmas time or for holiday parties. Come in, you split up the people at the party into new teams. You have some, what we call cohesion switches, where you're, the team is already starting to pick a team name or pick a team slogan. You take team pictures, you award them points for, you know, enacting goofy poses during the team picture. And then you have shared activities, not shared activities like in the office that are just sitting there, but just simple structured activities, nothing fancy. 
Like, you know, people talk, we talk to people, oh, I love your ideas. Let's have a tug of war at our, at our, at our summer barbecue. Like, no, don't like, don't do the tug of war. Like don't do the crazy obstacle courses, but like ping pong, giant Jenga, you know, mini golf, stuff that a 20 year old can play along with a 50 year old. You know, pe- this, the thing we get all the time is we're a competitive office, we're not an athletic office. So there's simple ways that you can just set up shared activities and you take the pressure off staring somebody face to face and instead you're shoulder to shoulder, you're side by side. And by the way, you can then still have that drink in your hand or those two drinks in your hand but you're actually just doing something better. And that takes the, the pressure off of the social situations when you've got the nerds and the introverts and the people who are you know, already struggling with the social connections as it is. And you're actually creating then new experiences. You're, all this talk about team building, you're literally forming new teams. You break the silos and you put people on these teams and you say, hey, we're, we're playing for a, a trophy. But, and then we, of course, you know, because we're a little bit nerdy ourselves, we, we put in a lot of small little science stuff on the, on the side and some people notice it and some people don't. We have a friend wheel. We do boss trivia with a soccer dartboard. We've got all that fun stuff too. But at the end of the day, it's about having a shared activity and taking the pressure off of the social situation it makes the social situation easier and better. And then the booze is just something that goes along with it. Yeah, I, I definitely play mini golf a lot and I do it better when I've been drinking. So I'm just going right. to throw that out there. Yeah. So well, I, I need to tell you something about me that you probably don't know. And are you ready for this, Sean? I'm ready. Is this okay. something you didn't know? This is something about me that you don't know. Okay. And I didn't tell you in the pre-show. I used to have a website and it okay. was called Team Building is for Suckers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I still own the I domain know. because I think it's a good book. <laughs> okay. And I really uh, wrote about some of the team building activities that I'd been through in my career in human resources. And how the only goal, even when we told people that it was for friend building and for fun, was to make people more productive so that they worked harder, complained a lot less, and made the company more money. So that was the perspective of human resources back in 2004, Mm -hmm. 2005, through 2007. And I still can't shake the fact that most companies only do things uh, to make money, right? And so when I see an organization putting forward a great event and saying, trust us, it's cool to build friends. It's hard for me to trust it. Do you get that? Do you get that about me? Because I've seen that it's only there for the sake of profitability. I don't know. You have any reflections on that? I understand the skepticism. Uh, We get it every day with companies. We get every day with CEOs. We get every day with companies. We say, hey, we've got this this cool event and they say, well, this, you know, like, can you just rent us some games? Like, can you just bring a bouncy house and just like a cornhole board and just like, you know, like leave us alone. So I understand it, but the profitability is going to come after you deal with stuff that nobody's been able to fix yet, which is the loneliness, which is the, the lack of, of friendship. And so people are so focused on, on the mission, you know, can, can you fall in love with our mission? Well, can you like who you work with first? I think that's just good for society. That's going to have benefits, whether it's retention, whether it's creativity, whether it's creation, whether it's, you know, the, the, the thing we come back to a lot is just the idea that, have, have, you, have you ever had a best friend? And the oh, first time yeah, you, yeah. you met them, you thought they were the biggest jerk in the world. Yeah, not, I have not, had that. Right. If that exists in life, some people, we, we talk about this sometimes, some, we call those Abe Lincoln friends. Abe Lincoln says, 
you know, I do not like that man, I must get to know him better. And so people's initial impressions are often wrong about lots of things, most certainly about people. And, you know, sometimes you get conned by somebody, but most of the time, the, the human brain just forms quick impressions that are just often wrong. And so if you're working in, a, in, in an office, and yeah, the, the end goal is to make money, but if you want to have, you know, true purpose in your work, I mean, people are seldom, people seldom do what they are, right? The boss does what he is, but most people don't. So the boss has these ideas in his head. This is why we're doing this. This is our mission. This is our purpose. This is our value. And he just needs to try and connect it. He, she needs to try and connect it with something that's not this big grandiose idea, but just, you know, are you, if you feel, have the sniffles, are you going to go to work that day? And why are you going to go to work? Because, because the project is so valuable. When I, when I had the sniffles in third grade and my mom said, you the sniffles, do you want to go to school? I didn't say I'm going to go to school because I was going to play you know, Oregon Trail in the Commodore 64 or learn cursive. I sucked at cursive. I said I was going to school because I miss my friends. And so if people are spending more time at work with, with, with coworkers than they are sometimes at home, yeah, money eventually will come out, but there's a larger purpose there, which is just friends make everything better. You're going to do more for a friend in a day than you are for a coworker in a month. And everybody who's listening to this right now, you could say, I'm going to find one Abe Lincoln friend in my office right now. And if everybody did that and found one person, the first person, that, that person I've met, I just got a bad feeling about them, the way they dress, the, the body cues, the human brain, where it's working. I just don't, it's something about them run me wrong. If you just said, for this month, forget the money, forget the KPIs, forget about the revenue goals and the core values mission statement. I'm just going to try and make one Abe, New Lincoln, Abe Lincoln friend this month. You're, I feel like your entire culture of your company would change. And if that means you make more money, great. I think more importantly, people are going to want to come to work and you're going to hang on to people who are trying to jump from job to job every two, three years. And I think that's going to help you out a lot more than just simply making money. But it is that one switch. So I love all of that. I mean, now I'm on your team. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? Except I can't shake my cynicism, but I'm, I'm getting there, Sean. I promise <laughs> I'm there. I want to know how you know as a founder and a CEO that you're fixing work. How do you know that what you're doing at FunCorp is really making a difference? We, th we get the stories back and, the, and you know, party has three parts, right? A party has the planning, get it on the calendar. Party has the actual fun of the event. And the party has kind of the afterglow or the memorialization. And what the memorialization can be, you know, hey, we came up with great pictures. Hey, we've got this cool trophy. The part, how long can the party live on? When you hear the stories about people who were kind of walking through the halls, keeping their head down. And after the company party, they're, they're, they're talking in, in the hallways. They're putting events on the company calendar. You know, we ran a, a great, uh, you know, event for a high-tech company, you know, 50, 60 people, not a huge company. You know, six of the people that play guitar in a rock band, six different bands. They didn't know that. They literally did not know that they were all playing guitar. They're going to the company calendar inviting other people. Hey, do you want to come to my show? I'll come to your show. That's, that's simple stuff. It may not be easy. If it was so easy, they would have already known they were already in the bands. But that's what we love to do, you know, and that's where the introverts, the engineers, the software engineers, people like that, it's not going to happen naturally, but it doesn't have to be hard. Don't, by the way, don't force it, right? Like don't, don't, don't force it, but it's, 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 it's not a huge stretch to just nudge that along and say, Hey, 
keep an eye out for people who have these shared interests. Everyone's got that, that nudge talent. Like everybody had, like there's all these superhero movies lately, right? Everyone's got, you know, the infinity gauntlet. So everyone's got at least one superpower. It might not be a valuable superpower to like beat the bad guys, but everybody's got at least one. And so instead of trying to like shortcut the friendship process by going to all the super sad stuff, can you just find that nudge talent that somebody has in your organization? Hey, I play the guitar. Wait, you play the guitar? That's going to help your company culture. This, that's not that complicated. Well, I um, am definitely inching along on the fun wagon, like I'm there. And maybe in the second half of the show, we can talk a little bit more about your story, uh, what you like about the current state of the workforce, and whether or not you're optimistic and pessimistic about the future of work. So sit tight, Sean, and sit tight, everybody else. We'll be right back with more Let's Fix Work. Hey, are you ready to podcast like a pro? then you need a secret weapon, someone who can make it easy, where all you have to do is show up and be the host. At One Stone Creative, that's what we do. Everything. Yeah, everything. Imagine, every time you sit down to record, you know what your topic is. You want a script? We can do that too. Then you record it, drop it in a folder, and that's it. Our team will take it from there. Production, show notes, uploads, blog posts, social media assets, swipe copy, like I said everything. Book a call with the podcast strategist today. Just go to onestonecreative.net slash podcast. That's onestonecreative.net slash podcast. And we'll take it from there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Lori Rudiman. I'm here at Let's Fix Work with my friend, Sean Madden. Sean, how you doing? Great. You, Having you, some funner. Good, good. Okay. Now, how many podcasts have you done before coming on my show? I think I've done four. So this is big number five. Uh, the confetti falls from the sky now. I think so. We need a five. yeah. We need a cannon or a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing great for someone who's only done four. I mean, I've done fifteen of these episodes right now as of this moment, and uh, they're getting better and better. But thank you for helping me, being an early guest and improving my own podcasting skills. I really appreciate that. Hey, I'm glad to help. I'm a referee by trade, so hopefully, I've got a, a little more experience with the communication side. Good, um, good. I, I do enjoy listening to your podcast too. It's great, especially Eric Barker. Oh, Eric Barker was amazing. Yeah, he was He's really great. good. Yeah. You know, I've heard more feedback on that show, um, both good and bad, because a lot of people found it infuriating because some of the science that he mentioned didn't mesh up with their emotional experience. And in listening to you, some of the science that you're mm -hmm. describing doesn't great mesh job. up with my emotional experience. So yeah, I have great, some empathy for that. Yeah. So I want to know who you think is getting work right in 2018? What do you see that you like? The one idea we're, we're really pushing forward is the idea that do you even need to leave the office to have a good party? And I love the bosses who are confident enough to say, you know what, we don't need to go to the fancy restaurant down the street. We're going to have a party inside the office. We've got an empty conference room. We've got an empty cubicle farm. Let's do it right here. I mean, we got an email yesterday from a, from a financial services company saying, you know, that was the most fun we've ever had in the office. And then, of course, you had to qualify it and say, and also maybe even outside the office. Again, there's that split between like, you know, fun is okay and not okay and work is okay and not okay. Um, but, you know, if bosses that say, hey, you know, we're not going to throw the party at six o'clock at night. We're not going to throw the party on a Saturday afternoon. We're going to take three, four, five hours off on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, because this is that important. And we're not gonna worry about the perfect location and the perfect club and the perfect restaurant. We're gonna throw the party inside the office. I mean, think about the context of that. 
if you have to keep going outside of your office to have a party and have fun, you're basically saying that your office is not fun. And so if you have the confidence as a boss to say, number one, we're going to have the party inside the office. Number two, we're going to do it at one o'clock in the afternoon. Number three, and perhaps most importantly, I'm going to actually show up to the party. And executives and bosses like, hey, you got to come to the party. And if you executives come to the party, you also then can't hang out in your little group in the corner and talk about executive stuff too. But coming to the party and interacting and not just racing around and trying to figure out if there's enough veggie burgers and drinks and things like that, but actually being at the party and engaging with people, I think those are the bosses that get it. They're not afraid to. We had a boss at a party a couple weeks ago, and he just blew Giant Jenga in front of his entire office. He literally lost the championship of Giant Jenga like in front of everybody. And that's cool because the boss, you talk about servant leadership. How about servant blowing the giant Jenga championship, right? <laughs> like that's what he did. And, you know, we, one of the first events we ever did, you know, boss of the entire 200 telecom person team gets up and says, I want you guys to all make five new connections tonight and then gets in his car and drives away. Oh my God. And, yeah. And that kind of stuff happens frequently where it's like, again, like, this is, a, this is a team building thing, maybe. This is a networking thing, maybe. But I've got important, you know, executive uh, boss stuff to do. So right, I'm for, the, for the riffraff. I mean, that's yeah. the delineation at so yeah. many of these company events. So one thing, I, oh, there are two things I like about your structure of your company. One is that you're really doubling down on parties in the office. And number two is that this doesn't have to be a party that takes six months to plan. Because that's the other thing about a corporate party. So often you got to go through procurement and you just have to do a million steps. So, you know, I don't think people have time to throw big parties anymore. We're incredibly busy. So what's one simple activity and one number to measure that a company can start on tomorrow morning to know if this is, this is going well? I mean, a w w simple activity. I love to play highs, lows, bet you didn't know. So you just gave me a bet you didn't know with your, with your terrifically awesome URL, which I definitely did not know about. Do you well, want to buy it? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> as long as it doesn't say friend building is for suckers, no. that's okay. But, you know, we, we love to say, well, we do it in, in presentations we do all the time. What's your, we can do it now if you want. Yeah, what's your, what is what's it? Your, so it's, it's, it's highs, lows, bet you didn't know. You, you pick a context. So for you and I, we can pick the context of 2018. I'll start. So for this year, 2018, what's your high of the year, 2018? What's your low? And what's the one bet you didn't know? So my high of the year is I found I had a, a random half brother who's an amazing musician and rapper. My low of the year is the seven-year-old had a toothache and she had to have her tooth, teeth pulled, uh, you know, seven weeks ago, a few week, days ago. And, you know, the crawling into bed at 3 a.m. with a toothache, kind of a kind of a low point. Bet you didn't know is, and I think we share this in common, that I'm writing a book on how to become a recreational referee. No, I, I had no I idea. I think you're writing a book as well. So, okay, now I it's am, your turn. Yeah. Now you go. All right. The high of 2018, a dear friend of mine just had a baby yesterday. And awesome. this is a baby that we've been looking forward to. So that's the high. Mm -hmm. um, the low is that I shuttered my startup and uh, wrote about that publicly. So that was very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And the bet you didn't know is that I am I never travel with my husband when he's working, even though he travels to cool places and we're going to Ireland next week. And so I'm going to tag along and he's going to work during the day and I'm going to be a tourist. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. And I know, and I happen to know, because you gave me a bet you didn't know, I happen to know the best tour guide in the entire country of 
of Ireland. His name is Derek. And so I can try and hook you up with him. Oh, I love it. He just worked on the Star Wars set when they shot, you know, Star Wars there to the episode eight or that, 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 you know, cool green island that, you know, everyone hated so much because, you know, Luke Skywalker threw the lightsaber and all that stuff. So there's a bet you know. The bet you Sean, didn't know. You, you can't make me like fun. Stop it. <laughs> he, he, he's, so the bet you didn't know is, is kind of where the nudge talent comes in. It's kind of this idea of like, everyone's got that nudge talent, that superpower. And, and it's a simple game. We, you know, we were doing a presentation a couple weeks ago and, and a lady gets up and says, you know, in high school, I was the poultry dressing and fitting champion. And the whole room like erupts. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what that means. I, mean, I like, don't either. Yeah. All right. Or, but she's so, but she's so proud of it. And that's kind of the thing, right? People are, are underestimated or unheard. If you can bring out those nudge talents, those bet you didn't knows, a lot of times that comes out. To get to your second part of your question about the metric, we, we, we think one great metric, again, keep things as, as simple as you can. Uh, uh, we call it the, you know, a fa- favorite favorite convo or what's, what's how many, you have a throw party. We do this actually survey post, post event. How many meaningful conversations did you have with somebody you rarely interact with? If you want one metric for if the party went well, that's one. If you want to keep things as simple as possible, have two people in your company who don't know each other have a meaningful conversation. That's it. Can you track that on a chart? You know, we talked about Abe Lincoln friends. You talked about the ping pong table and the foosball tables. Those aren't bad inherently. A ping pong table is kind of cool because ping pong is kind of cool. But how many new friendships got started at the ping pong table? How many events did you schedule at the ping pong table? How many Abe Lincoln friends were created at the ping pong table? So, you know, having the perks and just the toy sits there and it's like, toy, do your work is the same as alcohol. Alcohol, do your work. As opposed to, you know, can you measure, hey, there's two people who barely knew each other. We talk about the five phases of friendship a lot. You've got, you know, coworker, acquaintance, friend, good friend, and mega friend. The science says you're not going to have, the, you're unlikely to have a best friend at work. We call them mega friends because best friend sounds somewhat exclusionary. Like I can only have one best friend versus I've got two mega friends. My, one of my mega friends is an Abe Lincoln friend. The first time he met me, he thought I was the biggest dude he's ever seen in his life. But if you can just move somebody from phase one to phase two, that's progress. You know, you're moving from an acquaintance you know, from a, from a coworker to an acquaintance or from an acquaintance to a friend, that's progress. Don't worry about creating 16 best friends and 23 good friends. That's, it's not going to happen. But if you can just start that, nudge that process along by saying, here's two people who barely know each other and they just went up one level. They went from coworker to acquaintance. That's progress. That's real. That's something you can track, you know, every day you can have, you can, you can buy people lunch. You don't even need to have a big, huge party. You can buy people lunch. Hey, you and you, uh, we're, hey, we're paying for lunch. I've seen great high-tech companies do that. And you go and you, 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 you run the numbers. We have this little thing called the friend quiz, four or five questions. You, the number's there. You can see it. If, if a company's got a good friend factor, you, it just it jumps off the page at you. And not surprisingly, you know, I talked to somebody when I executive that company. How many good friends do you have? He says, no, I only have six. I say, six? Six is huge. For work, six is enormous. And then not surprisingly, a year later, the company sells for millions of dollars. And so, yeah, there's your money again. But I don't think that's an accident. It's not, it's not, it's not an accident if it keeps happening over and over again. I love it. I love it. Again, you're making me want to have fun at work. It's killing me. It's killing me on the inside. Well, all okay. right. 30 years from now, what do you hope people say about your impact on work in corporate America? 
So I was reading uh, one of those, you know, goofy Adam Grant books, and they talk about uh, the dude who was like, um, hey, I think you should wash your hands before you like do medical things or like help people with pregnancies. And like everybody said, you're like totally crazy. And like, I think he ended up in an insane asylum. I don't know because of the hand washing thing or just because he was also maybe insane. And then like 30 years later, somebody was like, uh, there are these things called germs. And like, yeah, you should probably like wash your hands if you're in a hospital. I hope that 30 years from now that people look back on friends at work and on and kind of juxtaposed against this idea of like, oh, people are so connected. Like, like social media is kind of antisocial. And so, oh, I've got all these, you know, these, I got a thousand friends on Facebook. Well, okay, how many good friends, how many mega friends do you have? I hope 30 years from now people look back and say, man, this was so obvious. It was staring us right in the face. How did we miss this? How did we think that, you know, uh, you know, investing in better food to give away in the cafeteria or, you know, investing in a fancier ping pong table? How did we think that was going to get it done when every other aspect of our life tells us from vacations to life experiences that it's always better with a friend? Like, how did we miss this? And yeah, there could be some situations where it might go wrong, but the, the, the benefits outweigh the downsides. And I hope that 30 years from now, people look back like that guy who was called a crazy loon for, you know, saying you should wash your hands in the hospital. Hope they look back and say, man, you know, working side by side with a friend just makes work better because working side by side with a friend makes life better. That is so beautiful and well said. Oh, I'm so close to flipping on fun. Well, before I admit that I'm having fun, why don't you tell people how they can reach you? What's the best way to find you and find what you're all about? We blog all the time about our stories at uh, funcorp.biz. So fun for your corporation, funcorp.biz. And you can always reach me at Sean, S-H-A-W-N at funcorp.biz. Uh, so we're always posting stories about, you know, uh, parties we've just thrown. We, t- we talk about books we've just read, about the science of, of friend building and things like that. So FunCorp is the best way to get a hold of us. That's great. Well, listen, Sean, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. And thanks for being persistent and fighting the good fight and indulging all of my cynicism. Hey, we, we love it. And, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while. We need your help. You know, and if you, if you have a, a story of a Abe Lincoln friend, you know, tag us on the gram, you know, let us know because they're out there and, and maybe 20, 30 years from now, you'll be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He might've been right about that. (laughs) All right. I promise I will. Well, listen, thanks again for your time and everybody stick around. We'll be right back after the break. You know, I love to brag about my friends. I also like to listen to them. And right now I'm listening to Jennifer McClure, host of the impact makers podcast. Jennifer is connecting with leaders across all industries to figure out how to make a difference at work and in the world. Here's what she's got going on. I believe strongly that each of us has the ability and the opportunity to positively impact people through our work and through how we choose to live our lives. The truth is that you've already impacted people in this world, even if you haven't been trying. I love what Jennifer has to say. And if you like what you're hearing right here on Let's Fix Work, You'll love what Jennifer's talking about on Impact Makers. So go to jennifermcclure.net forward slash iTunes and subscribe today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sean Madden. Now, you heard how suspicious and skeptical I was during that conversation, but that man won me over. So please go to our show notes and please find Sean connect with him on LinkedIn, go to his website, invite him in to talk about how to enhance the employee experience 
within your organization. And while you're connecting with Sean, don't forget to connect with me at L. Rudiman and Let's Fix Work. Let's Fix Work is a production of One Stone Creative, Audra Casino, Megan Doherty, and Gerson Lafleche. Eh, well, I got it almost. They are my friends and they make work fun. Now, if you like what you've heard, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars. Please subscribe, like, share, do all that kind of good stuff that we do in this economy. And while you're at it, connect with me at hello at letsfixwork.com. I would love to hear from you. Now, that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Let's Fix Work. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Fix Work. Wouldn't you love to get your hands on Lori's no-holds-barred, honest HR handbook for employees and pros alike? Download it for free at lorirudiman.com slash DIYHR.